Welcome to Prime of Our Lives, a podcast about navigating pop culture and the Korean wave in our 30s. I'm Polly Kwok. And I'm Katie Logan. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good, Polly. How are you? I am good. I'm sat right next to my mini humidifier that's spewing out um, lavender and eucalyptus. Ooh, how nice. Yeah, self-care moment. Um, but yeah, because obviously we're indoors so much now and the heating is on and it's so dry. Yeah, it is really dry, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've seen on Instagram that it appears to be snowing in London today. Yes, it is. How I mean, exciting. It's, not, it's, you know what? Every time I see snow now, I think of like first snow <laughs> and the significance of that. Yes. Um, but it's not really sticking. Okay. Like it's become wet snow quite quickly. Yeah, that's the so, trouble in the UK. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, I think if schools were in session and stuff, I don't think it would qualify as a snow day. There's definitely more snow where I am. Okay. But it actually makes it look brighter, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm always of the opinion, like, if it's going to be cold and kind of miserable, it might as well be snowing because at least it looks pretty. Yeah, exactly. And I prefer snow to rain. Yeah. Speaking Although, of which, it is properly chucking it down in Italy. It? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's been so rainy here the last, like, since we've moved here. My husband is like, why do Italians always complain that it's rainy in the UK? Like, it's so rainy here. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, you would never... I think everyone just... Or I guess Italians, obviously, depending on where they live. But for us, those of us who don't live in Italy or only visit certain tourist locations it always seems dry and sunny yeah because you come in the summer <laughs> yeah exactly you like, don't come in the winter the idea, it's rainy. <laughs> yeah of italy being rainy and cold seems really bizarre yeah yeah but i can assure you it is so rainy today that the electricity is like flickering it's kind of stormy so i'm hot spotting with my phone for this session so i hope it's okay Before we dive into anything this episode, we wanted to do what they call on My Favorite Murder, a corrections corner, or maybe we can call it like a feedback corner or something, because we've heard from from some of our listeners with feedback about our Bridgerton episode specifically, haven't we, Polly? Yes, and it's actually been really nice to kind of have an active dialogue, because obviously just because we do an episode on something doesn't mean we know everything. And clearly you've been (laughs) listening and um, finding answers for us. So this was namely about Queen Charlotte in Bridgerton, because I think on the pod, we weren't sure whether she was a real person in real life. Yeah. And apparently there was a Queen Charlotte in the 1700s and she was possibly black or mixed race. And she did, and her husband was King George. So interesting. So there's really a basis in history for that whole concept in Bridgerton. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, we weren't sure whether um, 
the actual story was based in some historical bits or in its own fictional universe. Mm. And it sounds like it takes a bit of history into it. I mean, was there a Bridgerton family? Oh, I don't know. Doubt it, but I don't know. Yeah, feel free to let us know in our next <laughs> correction corner yeah. if there was a legit Bridgerton family. And important to know, Bridgerton, they've just announced a season two. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Me too. And and you've now read the second book. So I have. I liked it. There you go. Yeah. I, I think all good things. I think we'll enjoy season two of Bridgerton. Yeah, I think so. Speaking of things we do enjoy, um, we are now turning into things we may not have enjoyed as much as we wish we did. Very true. So, Katie, what are we talking about today? So today we are talking about After because this is a movie that has just been released in Europe, at least it's on Amazon Prime. I don't really know where it is in North America. I guess I assume kind of the same, but the second in this trilogy um, has been released recently. So we're talking about After and then we're talking about fan fiction. Yes. Which I, I guess to caveat, I'm a very newbie to this. Um, and also very newbie to the After series. So I have loads of questions for you, Katie. Oh, um, amazing. And I think my first brush with fan fiction was introduced by you. Shocked. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, for people who don't read fanfic at all. Yeah. What is fan fiction really? So, fan fiction is where people um, write fictional stories that are continuations or retellings of stories that take place in existing universes. So, for example, Harry Potter. Like, J.K. Rowling wrote the Harry Potter series. It is what it is. Fan fiction yeah. for Harry Potter is like maybe you tell a scene between two characters that wasn't captured in that story, but, like, you have an idea of, like, what that interaction would have been like, or, like, maybe 10 years later you want to tell a story what, what those characters interacting would be like, or maybe you want to envision, like, what if Voldemort had won in the end? What would happen to Harry Potter and his friends? And you want to tell that story. I see. Because I think I hear... I mean, when I hear fan fiction... I think of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. So, very good example, Polly. Um, Fifty Shades of Grey is Twilight fan fiction, very famously. Um, yeah, and so I guess that is another kind of caveat about fan fiction. A lot of the time, there's a lot of sex <laughs> in fan fiction. Um, in fan fiction, you call it smut, is, is how they refer to it. So there's a lot of sex a lot of times, maybe it's like you feel that it's more realistic. Like maybe you think the characters are hooking up in the book series, but the author kind of glosses over it because right. they're, you know, they're telling a story for a certain age group or they don't, maybe the author doesn't feel comfortable writing sex scenes, so they kind of skip over it a bit. And then in fan fiction, maybe you explore it a, a little bit more. Right. Another thing about fan fiction that I know people really like is that <clears throat> they really explore queer storylines a lot in fan fiction, a lot more than they do in, a lot more than you would find in normal published fiction. 
Um, right. So I've definitely read some commentary that says, you know, fan fiction is a great place for teenagers, young adults who are exploring their own identities to kind of see stories similar to their own um, play out in literature because a lot of times that type of literature isn't being published right now, but you can find it in fan fiction. Right. Okay. Now, speaking of finding fan fiction, mm. I mean, it's not, I'm sure if I, I've never Googled fan fiction <laughs> to see what, where it would take me. I, I worry, I hesitate before I do something like that. But I think it's not like, obviously you've got your, yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, which is fan fiction. Obviously it's become books. Yeah. Um, how does one normally access fan? Is it just seriously just Googling, like, for example, Harry Potter fan fiction and then you'll find it or? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could. Um, there are a couple key places where fan fiction is published. Um, one of them is an app or website called Wattpad. Right. Um, and that is the app that this fan fiction called After was published on. Ah, oh, I yeah. see. So After, the movies that we were talking about today, After was originally published as super cringe One Direction fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of, of all members, like not just your, you know, Harry Styles and Zane. Yes, all members were included. Um, the right. romantic lead was Harry. Right. Um, oh my God, it is so cringe. So it was, so this is definitely like my first encounter with fan fiction was when, I don't know when this would have been like 2014, I guess. I read this news article about this One Direction fan fiction that was taking off and was incredibly popular and that had maybe gotten a book deal and was going to be turned into an actual series of books and I was right. like one direction what like what <laughs> <laughs> so I googled it and I found out where to read it and it was on this website called Wattpad right. um, and I stayed up all night literally all night reading this series of one direction fan fiction Wow. Um, and went to work the next day and told everyone what I had been doing, and they uh, made fun of me, as they should have. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. So, it, can anyone write fan... Like, is there... Can, yeah, can, is it like a forum? I guess it's, can anyone write fan fiction? Yeah, of course. So, like I said, Wattpad is one site. Um, I think there are two other main websites. One is fanfiction.net. I don't know if that one's used as much anymore. The other is Archive of Our Own. Um, right. That is the most famous one, AO3, um, Archive of Our Own. And all you really have to do is make an account and start writing. Um, I know of, you know, existing authors who write fan fiction. I think a lot of times it can be really good practice. I think... I mean, when you read some commentary about fan fiction, some people absolutely hate it. You know, there are reasons to hate it. I yeah. can definitely see that. Other people say it's a really good place to kind of practice writing because you get immediate feedback. It feels kind of like a safe space. And also you don't have to worry about building a universe. So yeah. the universe already exists. People already know the background of the characters. You, as an author, don't have to spend True. any time world building or explaining any of that. You can just focus True. on character development in your own story. 
that's true I never thought about it that way yeah because you're right like for example if it was Harry Potter fan fiction everyone already knows the world of wizardry so and the character is pretty much so you could just as you say fast forward 10 years you already know the characters you just tell the story yeah exactly so you know some people view that as a cop-out which fine but you know interestingly I think there's a lot of retellings of Shakespeare of retellings of Pride and Prejudice retellings of Jane Eyre and really that is just glorified fan fiction true yeah that's true how does it work in terms of copyright like as you say you're kind of piggybacking on someone else's universe yeah I don't like can they lay claim this is my universe I created if you're gonna write works obviously none of this works is for profit yeah I guess on these websites but once it becomes for profit does it get into this weird territory about who who actually owns yeah I mean I think that's a good question I think it's a gray area a lot of fan fictions if you read them they kind of have a caveat at the beginning like none of the characters are my own they all belong to like JK Rowling or they all belong to you know whoever um the author was yeah. So there might be that kind of caveat. I don't know how much good from a legal perspective that really does. Yeah. But I think in a lot of ways, especially in the science fiction community, um, fan fiction is kind of an understood and accepted form of literary expression. Right. Archive of Our Own actually won a Hugo Award last year, um, which was really cool. Uh, so Hugo Awards are kind of the biggest award in science fiction fantasy um, and archive of our own. I forget what the exact award was, but it was just kind of an acknowledgement of all the like work that fans do. And it, it's its its own form of um, publicity, isn't it? Yeah. To write fan fiction. And I have to say, I mean, okay, a lot of the work is not good, Um but some of the stories are really good. Yeah. How do you how do you navigate through? I because I, it's like a, a bit of a free for all for everyone to write stories. How do you scan and navigate and find the kind of gems? Yeah. So I don't really use Wattpad that much. I really only used it to read after <laughs> when I when I read after and then after I read after <laughs> I. <laughs> I did a little bit more exploring of One Direction fan fiction and was kind of yeah. creeped out um, because I think fan fiction about real people is like its own category of a little bit questionable. Um, right. But, you know, so I, I read a few more stories and was kind of like, okay, that's enough. I don't need this anymore. And then I really started re-getting into fan fiction. And I actually mentioned it on the podcast previously. Um after a season, a particularly unsatisfying season of the 100. Yeah. Because I think when I mentioned it on the, on the podcast, what I said to people was only watch the first four seasons of the 100 and then find a fan fiction that tells the story you want to read because the TV show itself didn't tell the story that I wanted it to. Right. Um, and so it was much more satisfying to find a fan fiction that told the story I wanted to read. I guess as selfish as that is. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched a Korean series and I didn't like the ending. So on my blog, I was like, if I were to recreate the ending, I would do it like that. Yeah. So it's a bit 
fan fictiony. Yeah. And you either could literally write that or maybe take a look at archive of our own and see if somebody already has. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So the way, I mean, the way you can do it, if you go on archive of our own, you can see they have like um, a filtering or like a search menu where there's a lot of flexibility. Like you can select kind of your fandom, your characters, any relationships you want to read about. You can add tags and then you can also sort by different categories. And what I usually do is sort by um, comments or likes, which are called kudos on Archive of Our Own. And so then I just read the most commented on or the most liked stories because those are usually the best ones. Yeah. Cool, yeah. cool. Because obviously there's also the entire realm of like BTS fan fiction. Yeah, there sure is. As well. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like anything could have fan fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think let's dive into after. Okay. Because, so, yeah, I think let's have a, have a debrief of both those movies and the series. Because obviously you actually read the original fan fiction. Yeah. Um, and I haven't, and no offense to people who love those movies, like, just to say out front, I think my biggest takeaway was, I'm not sure this might be a good reflection of the fan fiction, like the movies. Oh, that is very generous of you, Polly. (laughs) Unless it is, then, you know, I have no idea, but I just thought I could see how based on the scenes and how the movie played out, both movies, where I could see how it was fan fiction, like in terms of how it's portrayed. Obviously, you know, in the second movie, after we collided, there was lots of sex scenes. Like, I get that. Yeah. But I just think, having read a bit of fan fiction, it's the kind of internal dialogue and thinking and really descriptive kind of, series of events that happen that make it so rich and I feel like maybe that's lost on screen yeah I mean all really great points Polly and I think true um the first like I said the first time I read after I stayed up all night reading there are three different books after after two and after three and I stayed up all night reading all of it I couldn't stop and I was my mind was blown yeah. Um, but in hindsight, and now having read some like truly incredible fan fiction, I can honestly reflect and say after is not good. <laughs> it is not good as a fan fiction. It is not good as a movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I totally feel you fans of after. I loved it too. But I think realistically, if we all went back and reread it, <laughs> we could all admit that it's not good. Okay, so for people who don't know the premise of After, give oh us God, a, it's so bad. What universe is it in? And yeah, what is the premise? Okay, so um, like I said, it's it's One Direction fan fiction, and it's it's super interesting as you dig around in fan fiction. Each fandom has kind of specific stories that they tell, so kind of tropes that are super common in fandoms for whatever reason. Um, And in One Direction fan fiction, for some reason, there was this trope 
of a romance with Harry Styles or a member of One Direction where they were a super punk character. Okay. Yeah. I don't don't know why. But this was the fantasy, and this is what a lot of fan fictions were about, and this was one of those. So the character is Tessa. She's kind of this uptight high school grad. She goes to university, and she falls in with this crowd, um, and the crowd is, like, the One Direction members, and one of them is Harry Styles, and he's, like, a particular bad boy. Um, In the book, he's super punk. He has, like... Lots of tattoos, lots of piercings, like da 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 da. They've toned it down a lot in the movie. Yeah, because he didn't look punk in the movie at all. No. And then they fall into this incredibly abusive relationship, really, in the end. It's hard to describe it any other way. Um, right. And in fan fiction, um, I guess to kind of keep the plot moving, there's a lot of angst. <laughs> um, so a lot of things go wrong. There's a lot of, like, yearning for each other. Uh, yeah. And that is accomplished by, you know, terrible things happening to the characters. Uh, yeah. At the end of the first movie, you find out, and again, they really toned it down in the movie, you find out that there's been this kind of bet that Harry, the character in the original fanfiction, in the movie and in the published version, his name has been changed to Harden. Yeah. So... <laughs> Harden. I mean, take what you will with that name. <laughs> Dang. Okay. So Harden has placed a bet with his friends that he can get Tessa to fall in love with him and then he'll break her heart. In the fan fiction, it was a virginity bet. So it was right. even grosser. Um, that would actually make more sense, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because did. I think they, because they toned it down, as you say, and it wasn't a virginity bet, it was just like, oh, I'll break her heart. It didn't, the impact was lost. Yeah. Because she got so upset and you're like, what, really? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in any other chick flick trope, like, yeah, they'd get upset, but not like to that extent. Yeah. 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 And in the book, I mean, when it was super believable that because, you know, the pond scene and all these kind of times where he was encouraging to explore her sexuality with him all really even before he was actually in love with her like it was really bad right it was really bad I mean yeah so it was more believable in the fan fiction and then it that just made it all the more incredible when they kept getting back together yeah I mean I think in the second so I I watched the first movie because you told me it was fan fiction for Harry Styles yeah um, and I was just curious and then I watched it and then went, okay, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Twilight. So I will say it is just supposed to be Harry Styles fan fiction, but really it's not, this is what I'm saying that it's not a very good fan fiction in general because it's, there's still, there's other elements that are so clear in it. It's definitely got elements of Twilight in it. There's this movie that she was inspired by. Um, I forget the name of the movie. But I watched the movie and I was like, oh my God, this is like half the plot of that fan fiction is in this movie. So it is not a particularly original work. That that is for sure. And I think I was expecting, because sometimes you know how, like, well, generally they make bestsellers into movies. But sometimes like, 
the acting and the actors they cast and the movie itself adds to the whatever original work it was to make it even better right yeah. like it could be by a fluke that you have these two really amazing actors actresses that actually you know chemistry off the rock like off the rails makes it all better but I just definitely did not feel it with this one no no <laughs> like I I mean obviously they did a second movie I watched the first because we watched the first movie a while ago and yeah. I just watched the trailer for the first one just to catch me up to speed with what the plot was because I started the after we collided and I was like why is she so pissed off like I don't remember <laughs> and then I found out it was like wait what it was over this bet thing and then yeah I just didn't believe their relationship like I didn't believe the toxicity of the relationship yeah and you're like, right he was not is... toxic enough exactly and she didn't seem captivated enough yeah and it is more believable on the page because you do have more of that internal monologue and yeah. there's more time to play out each of those themes yeah I mean the, yeah sorry you go well, I was just going to say, because of the way this fan fiction was published, which was, I mean, if I don't know if our listeners really care, but like, obviously I know this. So Anna Todd is the writer of this fan fiction, and she was publishing a new chapter every day of the fan fiction. Right. And that is part of how it got so popular was because she was so consistent and she was publishing each book is a hundred chapters. So that's like up for a full year. She was publishing a chapter every day. Um, wow. And it was getting to the point where every chapter, you know, something dramatic would happen. There would be a really explicit sex scene. And so that's why, like, it's really hard to capture that in a movie. Like, I can imagine that was hard because each of these 100 chapters is a kind of story in and of itself. Yeah. And it's hard to translate that to a screenplay, I, I bet. I think it was, yeah, I think maybe if that was the case, I'd rather have them fully do a few of those stories maybe flash back and forth kind of thing mm -hmm. then attempt to try and tell a story from start to finish that's a bit piecemeal because what they did keep was the sex scenes yeah then I also don't feel like they kept enough story in between yeah so you just go from kind of sex scene to sex scene to sex scene and you're like wait I thought they didn't like each other but then it's fine because they have sex together. Yeah, and they really don't get enough. Like, as I was watching After 2, it was kind of coming back to me, some of the, the scenes from the movie. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, no, this Christmas party thing goes really badly. And, like, but they don't explore even Hardin's substance misuse, his no. childhood trauma, all the things that have contributed to him being such a toxic person and really needing to sort himself up out before he's in a relationship um but that have contributed to this kind of codependency with tessa our main character i don't know if we said her name um but yeah they don't explore that really and i was not super impressed by the actor yeah i was gonna say the casting choices were not great like the fact that we had one of the twins from the sweet life oh my gosh in this like within the first i don't know 10 minutes i was like no come on like really yeah <laughs> and yeah I, I think if if they casted like I said if it was Robert Pattinson cast as Harden I feel like 
and this is like Robert Pattinson, not right now, but Robert Pattinson circa Twilight era. <laughs> I feel like it would make it better. Yeah, but like he also like the piercings were a big part of it. Like he needs to have facial piercings and like more tattoos. Like you look at him and you're like, why was her mother so appalled? Just like meeting him in person like he's a really attractive man that actor and he's got like a few tiny tattoos like in the book he was supposed to be like a really like really counterculture person yeah I mean he didn't actually like because she's like oh I've always fall for the bad boy he didn't seem that bad no right he seemed pretty mainstream mm. to be honest mm -hmm. and I feel like it was obviously Selma Blair plays the mom yeah and I feel like it you know she's a great actress she only had one scene in the second series I just it was just so random it's like she was a cameo yeah it, yeah I just think I mean, it was a bit like watching Princess Switch 2. I felt like I needed to finish it, but <sighs> if I didn't feel like I needed to have finished it, I definitely would have stopped after the first maybe 15 minutes. I, at one point, I tried to start fast-forwarding, but I was casting onto the TV, so the remote wouldn't let me fast-forward, and that's the only reason why I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I just... I guess at least... It set the tone at the beginning. Like, I wasn't expecting it to get better. I, you know, it stayed pretty consistently bad, so it didn't, like, get worse, I guess. But it also yeah. seemed like at the end they're tipping off for a third movie. Yeah, I mean, there is a third book. So I have to be honest, I, at this point, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it would have been better if it was... I think it would have been better if it was a TV series, maybe. Maybe, maybe it would have been a better TV series, but I really think in retrospect, it just wasn't a good story. Um, Overall. Yeah. 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 I think, and it's like, it's been a bit too long, like mm. since the kind of heydays of One Direction fan fiction, I think there's not as much excitement like I think part of the reason why Fifty Shades of Grey worked even though it was Twilight fan fiction is because they got it out really quickly yeah and so they could capitalize on the fact that it was fan uh Twilight fan fiction right yeah because with this is like Harry who's that yeah <laughs> I yeah. mean he's still very big right now but the idea of One Direction is so far removed and yeah. honestly if you if you had no idea right that this was based on fan fiction watching it from scratch you would have never thought that that person's meant to be harry styles no you wouldn't know you know the one who's closest landon the harry's stepbrother is liam oh liam payne <laughs> liam payne yeah <laughs> and i feel no. like he works really good as like the goody two shoes <laughs> that's so that's so stretched like, I would have never thought that that was another One Directioner yeah. in this story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can't even recommend that our listeners... I, I think this fanfiction is still up on Wattpad. Like, I think you can still go read it. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't even recommend it. <laughs> Plus, I think nowadays, like, watching a really abusive, toxic relationship is not 
something I enjoy. I know. It's similar to our Bling Empire conversation, isn't it? Yes. And I feel like, yeah. I mean, I think it's, for our listeners, if you come across After on Netflix or After We Collided on Amazon Prime, I think it's a thumbs down from both of us. Yeah. Unless, I think this would only work if you're really into the main actor of the show. Yeah. Like, you would just forego all the issues with the movie if you, you were, like, a huge fan yeah. of, um, I think Hero. he's Ralph, Ralph Fiennes' nephew, isn't he? Yeah, his name's Hero. Hero. Yeah. Hero. If you were, like, a huge Hero fan, then go for it. But even sure. the girl who was casted, I just, she dressed like a middle-aged woman. Yeah. Wait, okay. I'm going to look up what the name of this movie was because... Uh, Anna Todd had such a vision for the actress. She wanted to play this character. And it's an actress called Indiana Evans. She's Australian. Oh, yeah, this is it. This is the movie. So the movie that she was in that clearly inspired half the plot line of After is called Blue Lagoon, The Awakening. Right. And honestly, it's a better movie than either of the After's. Um, and the main actress in After does look a lot like the main actress in this movie, Indiana Evans, and that is who um, the author of these fan fictions was envisioning as the main character. But honestly, just watch this like trashy teen movie version of the Blue Lagoon. It's better. <laughs> yeah, because I think I just wasn't convinced that someone like Harden would fall for someone like who played Tessa. Yeah. It just, and yeah, and she dressed like a middle-aged woman. Like, every time they put her in a nice outfit and everyone's like, oh my gosh, she looks so pretty. I was like, really? <laughs> like, she could have been put in something more her age and much nicer. I mean, that was... more flattering. I keep forgetting that you didn't read the book. That is actually a plot point in the book, is the fact that she dresses like a middle-aged woman. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. But why? Yeah. Because I, I think surely people her age now in she kind of lives in the city kind of doesn't dress like that. No, it's no? fully supposed to be like a character thing about Tessa is that she dresses in this very conservative, older than her age, extremely well put together, but like looking like a business casual woman all the time way. I see. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense then. Because yeah. I was like, she just looked like old. No, it's it's a character thing. I think it was meant to like contrast with the punkness. Yeah, which they toned down. So it wasn't a very obvious contrast. I was hope. yeah, I think maybe they could have just made the contrast more. If he was more punk and she was more ballet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or honestly, like, I don't understand, like... The whole thing, he was meant to have, like, multiple eyebrow piercings. Like, grow his hair out, give him eyebrow piercings, give him a full sleeve. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's not that hard. Like, why does he have to... If you make him just look like a teenage heartthrob, then the story is pointless. Yeah, exactly. Uh. And, yeah, there's no parallels with Harry Styles. No. I mean, there wasn't to begin with. (laughs) Bless you, Harry. We know you're not uh, 
like abusive, traumatized, like, I don't know, drug substance misusing punk college student. I don't know. I guess the I guess the difference in this story is really like it's kind of a standalone story because it doesn't really sit in any universe. Yeah, so this in fan fiction is what we would call an AU. So an right. AU is an alternate universe. Yeah. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. Okay, so after aside and bad fan fiction aside, if you were to recommend a fan fiction right now oh what would it be okay i mean the thing about and fan what fiction fandom is like it's very personal to right you it's like what you want out of a story that you didn't get from the original story right so for me something i have come to love um because of fan fiction are stories that um put draco malfoy and hermione granger together yeah, and so now I am a full-fledged Dramione shipper. Um, I love them together. These are my favorite stories. And my recommendation is, there's a, it's a multi-part series. The first one is called The Right Thing to Do. And it's about Draco and Hermione after the war. Um, and I don't want to say too much, but Hermione has had a crush on Draco her whole time at Hogwarts and she testifies for him in his trial after the war because it's the right thing to do and then their story goes from there. I mean, to be honest, they should have shipped the two of them together in the mm -hmm. real story. Mm -hmm. Like, I did never understood the Ron Hermione thing. Nope. Nope. Like, they barely had any... If anything, their chemistry was like sibling chemistry. Yep. So to go from sibling chemistry to, like, a married couple makes no sense. Yeah. And, I mean, the right thing to do is, it's like, I had, I've downloaded it as a PDF and, like, saved it on my Kindle forever. Because the thing about fan fiction is, like, if the author decides to take it down, it disappears. So if you oh, love right. a fan fiction, you should download it and save it forever. And I have done that with this series because it is so good yeah it's just really really well written and just a super super good series cool yeah um i guess if our listeners have any fan fiction they've been reading <laughs> they could always drop us a line oh my god i would love that i'm honestly i'll read anything so drop me yeah. your recommendations yeah, happy, so happy to talk about fanfiction anytime, but probably not after, and would definitely not recommend after the fanfiction or the movie, to be honest. So, you know, explore your own things, and uh, let me know what you find. Um, interested to hear. And I'm also interested to hear, Polly, about how your prime goal went for the week. Well, um, I've maintained it, actually. It was a very feasible one. So my, just as a recap, um, my prime goal was to do my face regime, my, I think, currently five or six step one. Mm -hmm. And I've maintained it. I've even, I've even been doing SPF. Wow. Um, I know. Um, so, yeah, I think that is an easy one for me to embed now. 
And I think the biggest incentive for everyone else who I'm sure is also purchasing a lot of skincare because what else are you going to buy right now? Um, the faster I do these regimes, the faster I can try new products. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's been good. What good. about you, Katie? So I did not achieve my prime goal. I didn't do yoga every day. I mean, I did it most days. So I'm still like happy with the amount of yoga stretching I've been doing. So that's yeah. been good. Yeah. Um, reporting on the Korean front, I've downloaded this new app, um, which is a bit like Duolingo, but it feels a bit more grounded in like less random multiple choice questions and more building your vocabulary, which oh, I think cool. is quite cool. And I've learned that there is an app on uh, an extension you can download for your Chrome on Netflix where you could watch um, Netflix with multiple subtitles. So you can learn a language, well, in theory, learn a language while you're watching Netflix. Oh, that is really cool. So, yeah, I think it's a bit like Netflix Party that you download on your desktop, or not desktop, your browser that mm -hmm. you can extend. So you could watch like a film in Spanish and it'll have the Spanish subtitles along with the English subtitles as the show is going. Very cool. Which I think is pretty cool. So hopefully I'll try it and see if that makes me better somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read a tweet from someone we follow um, that if you think uh, watching Korean dramas is a way to study Korean, um, you're mistaken. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Yeah, heartbreak there. <laughs> I, I'm still convinced I'm picking up more lingo by watching it. So I think it's solidifying knowledge rather than, you know, actively learning. Fair. Um, so what prime goal have you set for yourself for this week? Well, it's my last week of work. So I think my prime goal is just to finish strong at work um, and get my handover notes done and do a good handover and just enjoy my last week of work. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. What's yours? Um, I th I'm trying to think. Oh, I've got one. So I've been really into Chinese soups mm. at the moment. I don't know. I think I just generally find that Western soups often tend to be more cream based um, or like pureed vegetables mm -hmm. kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Whereas I like more consommes okay. as the master chef people say so more broth based soups because i find that currently obviously as i said the heating is on my skin feels really dry as i'm working i'm pretty sure i'm not drinking enough water and most of these chinese soups that are savory you can kind of have as a meal if you wanted with a side of rice or you could it's like meant to be i guess chinese medicine wise it's supposed to be good for you yeah so you use like, and I'm sorry for the vegetarians. I think you can make vegetarian versions, but I usually just buy like a whole chicken or ribs. And then I just boil and boil soup away for a few hours and it's super tasty. Mm. So I'm kind of channeling my inner Chinese person 
obviously I'm Chinese, but um, I'm regressing. I've become, my palate has become more Asian as I've aged. So I, my goal is to make one Chinese soup a week. Yeah. So I'm on my third soup. My la latest soup was chicken and shiitake mushrooms Ooh. with goji berries and dates. Yum. And it was really good. Sounds delicious. So there you go. That's my super. And for more terrible puns, we will uh, uh, please join us next time. Yeah. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Prime of Our Lives. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. To keep the conversation going, follow us on Twitter at Prime Lives Pod.